I've heard it said you steer where you stare. We are bombarded daily with voices vying for our attention. And if we fill our days and minds with Netflix and social media feeds, we can get off track pretty quick. That's why I developed a 30-day music challenge. Listen to Christian music exclusively for 30 days. The challenge is free, and I'll be right there with you every step of the way. Head over to michellenizette.com forward slash 30-day challenge to sign up. Change your music, change your life. You are listening to More Than a Song, episode 485. Welcome to this episode of More Than a Song. My name is Michelle Nizat, and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you discover the truth of Scripture, hidden in today's popular Christian music. My goal is to teach you to connect portions of God's Word with the songs you're singing along with on the radio, to help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. As we get started today, I recognize engaging God's word for yourself can feel daunting. And while our featured song will give us fresh inspiration as to where to study, the episode guide will give you the interaction tools you need to dig in. So grab your episode 485 guide at com forward slash 485 download. And if you've already subscribed to my email list, this guide is already in your inbox, ready to help you discover and meditate on God's word in new ways. I chose this week's song purely on a recommendation by my good friend Keith Farron. In fact, don't miss the special bonus Friday with Friends edition of More Than a Song that I dropped on a recent Friday. You will gain such wisdom from my conversation with Keith. Go check it out if you missed it and be sure to follow the podcast so that you never miss special episodes like this one. In fact, I have a few in the hopper that I will be producing soon. But back to the recommended song. It is Abandoned by Benjamin William Hastings. And I love what Benjamin said about his take on the song. It led me me in a deep dive into scripture that I can't wait to bring you along for. But first, let's listen. But completely, deeply, sold out, sincerely abandoned. I'm completely, freely, hands to the ceiling in amber. My one life endeavor to my sure surrender to me not my will but yours. Oh, I'm completely, deeply don't care who sees me abandoned. Oh, I surrender. My one life endeavor is to match your surrender. That is what Benjamin William Hastings is thinking about when he sings this song. In an article with Air One, he says this, At first listen, this song may come across like it's about our abandon. And sure, it is. But to me, it's really more about his. He who not only chose the cross, but had angels at his fingertips and chose to remain every second, deciding again not to give up, but to persevere, to repeatedly pursue surrender even at the hour of greatest agony. Hastings explains of the heart behind the emotive track. He says, I can't think of a more inspiring sentiment than this. And I guess that brings me back to why it may sound like a song about our abandon. Maybe that's the only way to respond to his. Now, a song that seems like it's about our abandon as a response to his 
That's good. So I went on a journey to explore the life of Jesus, looking for clues to his abandon, because he did not just display this unrestrained surrender to God's will in the Garden of Gethsemane or on the cross. All of that was the climax to a life lived with abandon, an example of the kind of abandon that we should have and our proper response to his. In 1 Corinthians 2.16, it says, Who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. So I thought, what better way to explore the life of Christ and to um, to be able to form our mind to be like his than to explore an entire gospel? And while you could do this with any of the gospels, I chose the gospel of Mark. Now, Mark is short and it's fast paced. And I honestly don't spend as much time, um, study time in Mark as I have in other gospels. And I knew I wanted to read through the whole thing. So shorter and fast paced worked for me this time. So I grabbed my ESV Illuminated Scripture Journal for the book of Mark. Now, if you, um, I've talked about this series of journals before. Each book of the Bible has its own little book, and the text is on the left, and then the right side of each book is blank for taking notes and making observations. And I actually have the entire New Testament set because I got it at a conference for a great bargain, but you can purchase individual books for relatively cheap. So as of today's podcast, it's less than $7 on Amazon for the illustrated journal for the book of Mark. So if you're ever to study an entire book of the Bible, then um, I recommend this as a preferred resource to use. So I gave myself larger chunks of time because I wanted to read and keep on reading. This is a bite that I really like to use and bite stands for Bible Interaction Tool Exercises. And these are habits that I use to keep my time in God's word varied and effective. And normally I wouldn't read and keep on reading with an agenda, Uh, But this time, I took the bite of setting a timer and then reading as much as I could get through in that time. But I did read with an agenda. I read with a highlighter and pencil in hand. And I wanted to explore the topic, which exploring a topic is another bite. But I wanted to explore the topic of Christ's abandon to God's will. And so I wanted to highlight examples of what of when I saw Um, his willingness to surrender or his willingness to relinquish control to his father. And so what I would do is I would highlight the text on the left and then write my thoughts on the right. And so that's going to be taking the bite of marking up the text. And this is another reason why I love scripture journals because they are made to write in and I can explore a topic and I can make notes and write down my thoughts with abandon. See what I did there? (laughs) All right, so allow me to take you along with some of what I observed. Now, Mark begins the journey of Christ with his public ministry. And in chapter one, you see Jesus responding almost immediately to God's direction. In verse 11, it says, And a voice came from heaven, You are my beloved son, with you I am well pleased. And verse 12 says, The Spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness. So the New Living Translation says that it compelled him out uh, rather than drove. But as we continue to read, we see that Jesus went willingly. Jesus abandoned his own flesh. You know, that flesh that says food is good and necessary. And he abandoned that and he submitted to God's will for his wilderness experience. And then over and over again, Mark points out that Jesus wanted his identity to remain secret. And this jumps out at me because of the time in the culture that we live in today. Jesus yielded to God's plan and way completely. And it seems to me that the more he allowed those he healed to Uh, Shout it from the rooftops, 
the more people he would attract. I mean, that's the way you do things, right? Like build a platform, you know, heal someone and say, hey, go tell all your friends so that they can all know more about me. More people means more truth shared, right? But Jesus didn't ascribe to the thinking of the day then, and he doesn't do it now. And um, being completely yielded to God's way means that you will abandon and renounce the world's ways. And I'm not saying that um, if you're trying to build a platform uh, that you should not go shout it from the rooftops. I mean, I'm writing a book and I'm going to be asking you to join my launch team and I want you to shout it from the rooftops. But Jesus knew that God's will for him was to keep this a secret, his identity a secret until the time was right. And Jesus surrendered to that or he abandoned himself to that. And so that's all I'm saying. And so may we be Christ's true disciples. May he say of us what he said of the disciples in his prayer in John, in John 17, 16, they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. So I I just want to be abandoned to God's ways. And um, as long as it aligns of what I'm trying to accomplish, (laughs) you know, uh, I just don't want to abandon myself to the world's ways is all I'm saying. All right. So as I made my way through Mark, I tried to think outside the box. What is an example of Jesus pursuing his father's plan? And those are the things that I would highlight. And I found an example in Mark chapter one, verse 38. It says, he said to them, let us go on to the next towns that I may preach there also, for that is why I came out. And he went throughout all Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and casting out demons. So he came to preach everywhere. And so he preached everywhere. He surrendered completely to the purposes of God for his earthly ministry. So we see um, that he's willing to keep silent and kind of keep his identity a secret, but he's also willing to preach and teach everywhere because that was why he came. Now, another example that jumped out at me was when Jesus operated in the authority that God gave him. He, he never held back. Like when he was teaching in the house and his friends cut a, uh, some friends cut a hole in the roof and lowered their paralyzed friend on a mat. And Jesus said this in Mark 2 verse 10, but that you may know that the son of man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed and go home. So I see this as an example of Christ's complete surrender to God. You know, he is operating in the authority that he has been given um, that was part of the plan and his purpose for his ministry. And so my question is, am I operating in the authority that Christ has given me? Are you? Are you operating in the authority that Christ has given? Being abandoned um, to God, by the way, did not always win Jesus people uh, over to people, you know, especially to the really important religious people. Uh, be- but what they thought was unimportant to our Savior, his purpose for coming reigned supreme in his mind. He uh, really was abandoned to God's will over to what people thought of him. And so when they complained about who he was hanging around in verse 17 of chapter 2, Jesus said, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. So here you see that the father's heart is for the sinner. And so the son's heart is for the sinner. But sinners are messy. And so I have to ask myself, is my heart for the sinner? Am I abandoned to the love God has for the messy, for those who are sick in spirit? I've I've been spending a lot of time in Ephesians. 
looking at the metaphors for the church found there, we see family and body and bride and house and temple. All that's in Ephesians. But as you see Jesus launch into ministry, he seems to abandon his natural family in favor of his spiritual family. He even says this in verse 35 of of chapter 3. For whoever does the will of God, he is my brother and sister and mother. So that is how important God's will is to the heart of Jesus. And I've been adopted into the family. So my highest goals should be the same as my brother Christ to do God's will. Uh, I want to I pause for a moment to consider our song. Uh, in the chorus, we sing completely, deeply, sold out, sincerely abandoned. I'm completely, freely, hands to the ceiling, uh, enamored. And these are emotional words. And, you know, with the right guitar swell, we might be swept away with hands raised and heart beating with a love for our God. But the kind of abandon that I see in the life of Christ uh, led to rejection. Like in Mark chapter two, verses two, um, sorry, Mark chapter six, verse two and three. And on the Sabbath, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many who heard him were astonished, saying, where did this man get these things? What is the wisdom given to him? How are such mighty works done by his hands? Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary and the brother of James and Joseph and Judas and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. So in his obedience and abandon, Jesus was misunderstood and rejected. It says they took offense at him. Am I ready for others to take offense at me? Um, Because the next lyrics say, My one life endeavor to match your surrender, to mirror not my will, but yours. So again, we are not abandoned to some idea of Christ or Father God, but we are abandoned to the will of God. That is the example of our Savior. So let's keep moving through Mark. In Mark chapter 6, verse 46, it says, After he had taken leave of them, he went up on the mountain to pray. You know, Christ's abandoned life was a prayerful life. That is how he knew what God's will for his day-to-day life on earth was. He, He asked. You know, he sought the Lord and he was renewed by him. And I'm reminded that an abandoned life is a prayerful life. And an abandoned life honors God with our lips and our hearts and doesn't elevate tradition over the heart of God. In Mark chapter 7 and verse 6, it says, And he said to them, Well, did Isaiah prophesy of you hypocrites, as it is written, This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. Jesus goes on to say, you leave the commandment of God and hold to the tradition of men. And the Pharisees in this scene, they were really worried about what Jesus's disciples were doing. Um, His disciples weren't washing as the Jewish traditions demanded it. And Jesus says, you know, he, he said this thing that I just read to you. And then he goes on to call them out on ways that they disobey the heart of God and elevate their tradition. He's pretty tough on him. Um, but what I saw was a life abandoned to God isn't religious. It's righteous. An abandoned life honors God with our lips and our hearts and doesn't elevate tradition over the heart of God. Um, Another uh, aspect of an abandoned life, an abandoned life sets his or her mind on the things of God, not the things of men. 
Uh, I just think, poor Peter, <laughs> he's always putting his foot in his mouth, you know, and Jesus tells his disciples the plan um, that he was going to be rejected and he was going to die. And Peter can't fathom that a good God would have such a tragic plan in mind, you know, suffering and rejection and death and resurrection. No way, Peter says. But Mark chapter 8, verse 33 says, But turning and seeing his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. Now, I can relate to Peter's sentiments, and so I take this as a warning. My idea of how things should go doesn't always align with God's idea of how things should go. And an abandoned life sets his or her mind on the things of God, not the things of man. Now, both verses of our song um, talk about the cross. And the lyricist asks in verse one, you're telling me you chose the cross? <laughs> you, you chose this? And then in verse two, stands amazed that though Christ could have called down the angels at any moment, he chose to stay on the cross. And Jesus talks about crosses long before he hung on one. In Mark chapter eight, verse 34, it says, and calling the crowd to him, with his disciples, he said to them, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? For what can a man give in return for his soul? For whoever is ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him will the Son of Man also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. I mean, these words mean so much more to us on the other side of Christ's crucifixion. But he had he had his impending death on his mind when he called us to complete abandon. You know, we are to reject this life and yield to a life in Christ. Christ is calling us to take up our own beam of execution and die to ourselves, losing our lives for the sake of the gospel to be resurrected just like Christ into the glory that God has for us. And Christ says, take up your beam of death and follow me. But I want to ask, how can we follow if we don't study the life of Christ? You know, this journey through the life of Christ and the gospel of Mark has been transformative for me because I'm I'm looking at his life to mimic his abandon. I've, I've taken the bite of meditating on what I've uncovered and, and I'll never come to the end of him. We'll, we'll never come to the end of him. But I cannot follow with the same kind of abandon if I don't know what kind of abandon Christ lived with. Now, I've mentioned it this before because Mark's gospel is full of examples of it. But an, an abandoned life is content with God's timing. Mark 9, 9 says, And as they were coming down the mountain, he charged them to tell no one what they had seen until the Son of Man had risen from the dead. So you've got this scene where Pete, Jim, and John, Peter, James, and John were up on the Mount of Transfiguration with Jesus. A holy moment for sure that words really cannot express, but that the heart can't wait to share. Uh, and Jesus says, not yet. Wait, what? <laughs> no social post, no reel, no TikTok, no short film testimony of what God said or did on this mountain. I mean, Moses and Elijah were there. Tell no one until is Jesus's instruction. So an abandoned life is content with God's timing. 
And they journeyed on. And experience after experience with Jesus, this Jesus who keeps talking about his kingdom. And so it makes sense that his disciples are looking ahead to the cabinet positions that they might hold, right? I mean, they've been on this launch team. They've they've been on this campaign. And so they're expecting a place of honor. But an abandoned life is a life of servitude. And Mark chapter 9, verse 35 says, And he sat down and called the twelve, and he said to them, If anyone would be first, he must be last of all and servant of all. He's, he's telling them to reject the social structure of greatness, reject power, position, and prestige. An abandoned life is one that is willing to be last a servant, a welcomer of those who are needy and have nothing of consequence to give. Now, over the course of the time that I've been pondering this idea of being abandoned, surrendered and yielded to our life in Christ, I've thought a lot about ways that Christ bucked the system. Uh, Well, at least the system of the world and the religious system of the day. And I think it's easy to fall into the trap of thinking that an abandoned life is a reckless one. But when I read this next verse, it added just this beautiful layer to my thinking. Mark 10, 1 says, And he left there and went to the region of Judea and beyond the Jordan, and crowds gathered to him again and again, as was his custom, he taught them. So an abandoned life still has customs. It was the custom of Christ to go to the synagogue. It was the pattern of his life to go to the synagogue, gather the crowds, and teach them. We've already talked about the fact that this was the will of God for his ministry, but that ministry wasn't a reckless fly-by-the-seat-of-our-pants ministry. It had customs. It had patterns. And I think of Jesus's custom to go off and pray, too. I know we talked about an abandoned life being a prayerful life, but it got me thinking about how could I take these examples of Christ's abandon and turn some of them into the customary way that I act and respond. So an abandoned life still has customs. Now, Christ's life was marked by the custom of going to the synagogue and teaching. And on one such occasion, he flipped a few tables, uh, but he still brought a lesson. So Mark chapter 11, verse 17, and he was teaching them and saying to them, is it not written, my house shall be called house of prayer for all nations, but you have made it into a den of robbers. He taught them by reminding them of God's words. And so an abandoned life is yielded to the truth of scripture. And in this situation, the house of God was not reflecting the scripture's guidance for it to be a house of prayer for all the nations. They lost their way. They abandoned the teaching and heart of God. So an abandoned life responds to what is written. And there is so much more, like the abandoned life Jesus talks about when discussing the greatest commandment in chapter 12, or the complete abandon Jesus highlights when talking about the widow and her offering also in chapter 12, um, the abandoned life as a conduit of the Holy Spirit in chapter 13, or the holy expectation of an abandoned life also in chapter 13. But I, I would be remiss if we didn't at least talk about the climax of the story, the complete abandon of Christ at his death. In Mark 14, 24, it says, this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many, poured out, yielded, surrendered, abandoned. But abandon isn't easy. And it wasn't easy for our savior either. In in Mark chapter 14, verse 36, um, he's praying in the garden of Gethsemane. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. So in Christ's final act of surrender, we see a beautiful example 
that we can apply to our own prayers for a life of abandon. And lucky for us, it's reflected in four R's, (laughs) relationship, rehearse, request, and relinquish. So Jesus starts out with relationship, Abba Father, he says, and we too can call on our relationship with God as our Abba Father. Next, Jesus rehearses God's character. He says, all things are possible for you. God is all powerful and he's proven that he is the God of the impossible throughout all eternity. So he rehearses his character. So relationship, rehearse, and now request. Remove this cup from me. A life of abandon is not all guitar swells and hands raised. It's hard and gritty. It includes persecution and rejection and pain and and death. At the minimum, death to self, but maybe even death like ending of your life. And it's natural and good to place your desire at the feet of our Father. Jesus did it. His request. Is there any other way? He'd like door number two, please. You know, so relationship, rehearse, request, and finally, relinquish. Yet not what I will, but what you will. And so there you have it in a nutshell. An abandoned life worth emulating is one abandoned to the will of the Father. Jesus relinquished his desires in exchange for God's will. And by relinquishing his will, he entered into this wild exchange that our song sings of. We give our worst and he gave, our, gave his blood. So what is our response? To endeavor to match his surrender. To mirror, not my will, but yours. So what's next? Well, read the Gospel of Mark and then, but read with a highlighter and a pen in hand. You know, don't take apart every verse, but look for the pattern of the life of Christ, a life abandoned to the will of God above all else. And then pray as Jesus did in the garden. Call on your relationship with God, rehearse his character, make your request, and then relinquish your will in exchange for his. You won't regret it. And then while you're in God's word this week, let me know how you're doing. You can email me, michelle at michellekneezat.com. You can hop on X or Instagram at michellekneezat or on Facebook, Michelle L. Nizat is my public page and we can talk about what you're learning. And now More Than a Song is a proud member of the NRT Podcast Network. You can check out other podcasts in the network and Christian music resources at newreleasetoday.com. And don't forget to grab your episode guide at michellekneezat.com forward slash 485 download. And with that in mind, I want to thank any new subscribers who've subscribed lately, like Brian from New York, Vincent from New Jersey, Krista from Pennsylvania, Barry from Tennessee, Vanessa from Louisiana, Cheryl from Missouri, Stephanie from Ontario, Canada, Debbie from Alabama, Candice from Ohio, and Bonji from South Africa. Welcome. Now, don't forget, you can listen to the podcast directly on my website at michellekneezat.com or your podcast listening app of choice. And if you haven't left a review yet, please do that today by heading over to lovethepodcast.com forward slash more than a song. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. Next time, I will be featuring You've Already Won by Shane and Shane to dive into scripture. If you liked this episode, however, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy. With one click, you can share via Facebook, X, or email. Just head over to michellekneezat.com forward slash 485. While you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comment to join the conversation. Until next time, take time to meditate on God's word and consider his ways.